everyone, and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And today we're going to continue on with our discussion of um, uh, the Gunslinger, and specifically the Slow Mutants. Indeed, and finally... Kev, we're actually going to... We're, we're going to meet some slow mutants today. Yay. We finally got some slow <laughs> mutants. There was a little bit of foreshadowing a couple of chapters ago, but now we finally see them in the flesh. <laughs> and and what a flesh it is. Seriously. The <laughs> glow-in-the-dark, so, uh, kind of so, clammy and uh, falling oh, yeah. apart. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Flesh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Man, that, mm. that's going to be something cool for the TV show. Oh yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, but I mean, even just for us, just two back-to-back action chapters in a row after a book that's been very, yeah, very, very primarily thing, like, like yeah, very <laughs> primarily kind of like yeah. thoughtful and conversation and explaining some uh, backstory and whatnot. And finally, we have like, like first it's Roland's coming of age and then right on the heels of that, it's another big action set piece in a row. Well, I... I have a feeling our friend Steven did that on purpose. That's for sure. I don't think he does anything accidentally. Definitely. <laughs> oh, such a good writer. I, oh, I yeah. really dig Stephen King. Mm. It, it would be cool if we met if we met him one of these days. I would be, I would have so many questions. Oh my god, like, so you many. You are an interesting guy. Mm. <laughs> I know. I oh can't my wait. goodness. Uh, well, real quick before we get into that, All and right. this will be well. This is another one that may last a couple weeks because it's, uh, we're going, it's time for the Stephen King trivia. Dun, da, da, da. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is another one that might last a couple weeks because this is one I actually read. Kevin, what's the next book that Stephen King did after, uh, uh, Bachman's Rage? This is 1978, we're saying now. Books that you've read after The Shining, after Rage, would probably be. Oh, are we talking about the Gunslinger at this point? Or no? No, it would be full before no. the Gunslinger. Is it The Stand? The Stand. Yes. Oh my goodness! Such a freaking great book. Oh yeah. So this was the first. This is the first Stephen King book that I ever read. Wow. Is, was The Stand and uh, man. So cool, because I, I just love, like, post-apocalyptic kind of worlds, and that's why I, I, I keep coming back to it with the gunslinger. Exactly. Like, it feels like post-apocalyptic, like, you know, like some society has broken down and everybody's trying to pick up the pieces, mm-hmm. and that's totally what happens, you know. Oh, the stand is so great. Okay, so, so great. Uh, uh, trivia, trivia, uh, basically... Here's the only questions I'll ask you, because I'm going to save this one for a couple weeks, because I really like The Stand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this um, was, The Stand was my favorite book for forever, so, like, and I, I feel like I kind of went back and forth, like, uh, sort of the same way that I was, like, you know, basically my, my kind of like with my favorite bands, like, it always started assumed that it was the Beatles, just because our family was such huge, like, Beatle fans and everything, and then in, like, high school and college, it switched to Led Zeppelin. And then now I'm like, maybe it is actually the Beatles. I always keep going back to it. Yeah. yeah. And you can like whatever you like. You Very know? true. Whatever. Indeed. <laughs> and you can have multiple favorites. Um, it might just be a tier, not a mountain. Totally. Yeah. Since I moved to Seattle, I have a second favorite baseball team. I actually Ooh. like the Mariners now. Just Are they good? i got to say that. <laughs> 
They are pretty good. Well, oh, even nice. if they weren't good, I, I would still like them. But like, they are Very pretty true. good. I, I, I dig they're a good young team. Um, but anyway, back to the stand. Um, yeah. I'm just going to ask a very basic question that actually relates to our book, okay? Uh, the Gunslinger and Dark Tower is um, there is a fundamental like good and bad in in the stand that are represented by two people with names in the Correct. book, two characters. So, so, who is the good character that is calling people to a place? The, the good character would be Mother Abigail, a 103-year-old woman, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. 103, nice. Well, and Oh, oh. <laughs> well done. And then... I don't know. <laughs> true, now I, gotta, now, now I have to look it up. Now I'm wondering. Uh, but... <laughs> the... Definitely have the name Did right. Did you applaud yourself without knowing the answer? Without I know knowing it's the answer, Abigail. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So hang on. <laughs> uh, but 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 one hundred and eight. Uh, I was so close. All right, and then and uh, in, in the opposite. So this is this thing I was asking Liz. I was like, is he referred to as the Man in Black in the stand? I will have to go back and check. He is referred to as the walking dude, and his name, of many names, but the one he's most often referred to is Randall Flagg. Randall Flagg. That's what I was looking for. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, next question, and this is just a question for you. Have sure. you seen the Amazon series? I have not. I saw the... Oh, you totally need to. I saw the 90s, uh, like, miniseries, and that I really loved with uh, Molly Ringwald and Gary Sinise and uh, who else was in there. I haven't seen that one. Ooh, that one's really good. I've only seen the new one. Oh. Yeah, I've got a... Actually, I saw it a little bit with Matt back in the day, our brother Matt, who Mm -hmm. we've talked about many times, another big fan of uh, Stephen King, and I remember, like, watching with him and just not understanding. Like, Mm. my, my brain wasn't ready for it yet. You know? And that was oh, I was probably like 15 years old or so. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> you, you are uh, uh, much more advanced in your prefrontal, co- prefrontal cortex than I am or <laughs> your ability to take on information. And I'm like, uh, I play sports. That's what I do. I play sports. <laughs> it just just took, uh, you know, uh, you were, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but I don't know. You got there in the end. So let's just put it that way. Like... Exactly, yeah. I mean, I I found out that I... Oh, wait. I do like reading. Exactly. Wait a minute. This doesn't have to be a chore that is assigned to me in school. It's just a fun thing to do, just like watching a movie. Like, watching a movie was always easy, and reading was always hard. I was like, oh, I don't want to read a book. This is going to be too much. And now I just want to read more and more and more. Mm. That's why it's killing me how slow we're going through this book, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm really tempted to do the rest of the Dark Tower, like, you know, at a much faster pace, since there isn't the, you know, yeah, old yeah. version versus new version to compare and contrast. But, I mean, ugh. It's just... We'll see. We'll see how... We'll see what we feel like when we get there. Yeah, yeah. Because Maybe we'll have some guests. We'll see what for happens. Sure. Yeah, and the pace definitely picks up uh, as more and more and more books go along. I feel like the with the gunslinger, it's a book that is a walking like it, it's a book that's uh, like even the story takes place as characters are walking. So whereas I feel like with the rest of the stories, I feel like you know uh, metaphorically they all of a sudden they get onto you know uh, they 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 get into a car and they just start like flying down the road. So I can't wait to read along with you. With you, okay? Yeah, 
Nice. Me too. I can't wait. Uh, one more question on the stand. All right. Just because I thought of it. When uh, Mother Abigail is calling everybody to their place, and we'll talk more about the characters next time. Sure. Um, but what what city is it, does everyone meet at? Well, actual city in the United States. Well, there are two different uh, points where Mother Abigail is calling people to her. Uh, It starts off, she's calling people to Hemingford Home in Nebraska. And then basically, after... You have a a better answer than I had. Good job. After everybody, like, (laughs) sort of, like, starts to meet up there, like, then, like, she can kind of feel that times are moving forward. So then she calls everybody to Boulder, Colorado. There you go. Boulder, Colorado is what I was looking for, but you're right about Nebraska. That was mm. the first stop. Dang it, Nicholas, you should know these things. Eh. I mean, also, if I, only I, I knew everything. I reread the book not too long ago, so to be fair, I do have a little <laughs> bit more of a, like, what was it? I think the, yeah, The Shining and Carrie I didn't know as much about because it's been a really long time since I read those, but uh, uh, what was it? The Stand and um, uh, Salem's Lot I had read a little bit more recently, so. Nice. Um, oh, one last question. Uh, oh, dang, the stand is so good because there's oh. so many questions and characters. Uh, exactly. So many yeah, great this is just the very it. last one. So, it, in the, you know, it's a double question because the first part of the question I don't know the answer to. The second part I do. Okay. Um, in the two iterations of the uh, miniseries of the stand that have come about, mm-hmm. who plays Randall Flagg? Oh. What actor? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I can Once recognize again, him on the, sight. The first one but... I don't know the answer to. Mm. The second one I do. I'm just going to put down I do not know for, for both of them. What do we got? Oh, both of them. Yeah. Um, so I know that the second one, because I've, I've seen it more recently, is Alexander Skarsgård. That is correct. Who is an awesome awesome actor man he's he, he did a great job who was the first one the first one his the, name is the 19, uh, 1994 miniseries correct his name is jamie sheridan the stand is such a freaking good book man such great it book. was the first oh. time I, I actually read stephen king like i'd seen a lot of movies and stuff but i was like i'm gonna actually read this i'm like and, and i was talking to liz because w- w- the amazon series was starting I was like, before we watch this, I actually want to read this book. She's like, cool. So, like, I was reading slash listening to it because that's, you know, that's how I do things. Sure. Um, But um, (laughs) about, like, a chapter or two into it, I turned to her and go, yo, this guy's a good writer. She's like, yeah. Yeah, It's (laughs) Stephen King. Like, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just so... uh, not a well-read person. I mm. wish I was more well-read, uh, like to understand and like you know discern between good writers and bad writers or whatever. Mm. But like every time I was, I was, I was like, "This is really good, Liz. This is totally like, really good." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I'm like into it, and and I blew through it. It was like what thirteen hundred pages or something, you something know? like that. Yeah, over a thousand, definitely. Depending on the you know the version Not- that you're reading. Yeah, 
But yeah, I mean, anyway, I feel like we could talk yeah. about the stand another time. Some other time. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, even like I might have like read a few more books than you, but I feel like I'm I've I, I, I feel like I wouldn't call myself like an expert or uh, by any means. Like I've definitely, you know, I mean, you, you read the things that you like. And I feel like the, you know, that whole like stigma of like, oh, reading is hard and I'd rather be, you know, running around outside doing sports or playing, a, uh, watching a movie or something like I feel like, you know, uh, it sometimes, you know, reading books isn't for everybody and you find it at your own pace. So I feel like, you know, as long as you got here, you got here. That's all that matters. Exactly. And that's that's completely how I feel. It's mm. like uh, we, we all go at our own pace. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard for some people to sit still for a while. Very true. I think that's was my thing mostly. Mm. <laughs> Realizing like, oh, wait a minute. If I was a kid today, they'd be like, you have ADHD and here are some drugs. Mm. And I'm glad I didn't have drugs. I just had uh, mom saying, Nick, do, here's a puzzle. Mm. Here's a puzzle. Do this for a little while. Here's a different puzzle. Oh, you finished that. Great job. Here's another puzzle. It's, it's like I just needed like more and more like stimulation to like mm-hmm. what's next mom what's next what's next <laughs> which is why i feel like books on tape are perfect for you because you could listen to it while you're doing something else you can like you know go for a run exactly. or you could uh, do all this other uh-huh. stuff at the same time and i feel like i'm a lot of do, do i'm exactly the same way too and yeah yeah like uh what was it when uh i had this weird thing going on with my shoulder that like impingement or something something going on with the tendon and i had to go to physical therapy for a while so i was just listening to books on tape as the guy is like stretching out my shoulder or doing these like little electromagnetic things to it or there was one thing that was uh what was it it was like the the cupping thing where like there's like a lot of suction uh, on it so there was all those little like oh, yeah. suction marks and stuff it? yeah yeah did it help yeah, definitely a lot. Oh, it did. Uh, oh. Yeah, like I yeah, can, well, you know, brings fully move my shoulder and all. of the... Nice. Maybe I should try that. Mm. Shoulder's effed up, too. Mm. Yeah. I can only throw things underhand these days, it seems like. <laughs> true. Yeah, that was actually funny. Like so uh, Bowling. Bowling works, though. True. Bowling is perfect <laughs> for that, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so now that we've gone through, we've had our trivia. Speaking of bowling, our... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, yeah, I was, was going to say, uh, our friend Jake has never bowled a 279. Oh, when? <laughs> so I missed that part. Let's get back to Jake because, uh, yeah. So um, Was that in his flashback towards um, the beginning of the book? That was way back in the beginning oh, that, of the okay. book, talking about how he hasn't bowled a 279. Um, but <laughs> we're at the end of Roland's flashback of mm. talking about the awful carnage that David did upon Court's face. Exactly. And him becoming Tore off a an entire ear. Coming yeah. of age. Yeah. Oh, so, Lord mercy. Yeah. And actually, it's, speaking... talons... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those things... <laughs> yeah, they'll get you. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of that uh, flashback, I just wanted to bring back a point um, because it's actually perfectly uh, relevant here. Um, hang on. Where are we? Yeah. So... Right at the uh, at the very beginning of this section of the book, it says the gunslinger didn't tell the boy all of this, but perhaps most of it came through anyway. Uh, and so, and so then, right there, I want to stop you, because when I read that, I was like, uh, like, you ever like tell a story to a kid? You're like, oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that part, mm-hmm. you know, because that kid's not ready for it. So exactly. like, that's what it felt like to me is 
and Roland using some um, uh, what's the word? Uh, just he, he's using some discretion to be like hmm, exactly. This kid's not ready for talons in the face yet. I don't yeah. know. What did he leave out? Maybe him having sex with the uh, the woman in yeah. town. The sex worker. Yeah, probably, I would say or, so. Yeah, uh, probably yeah. left him that using part his out. Hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole thing. Um, let's see what else. Maybe the extent of the carnage, perhaps. Uh, talking about how court always frequented all the the ladies down in the docks, probably. Yeah. Oh, there's. A... Well, because then you also think about kids can handle more than we realize. Very, very true. Like, so, sometimes you talk to kids and they're like, oh, I, I, I've seen that before. Like, I'm realizing that with my stepson. It's like, oh, wait, I don't have to be so sheltered. This kid actually knows way more about things than I do. Mm. Cool. Um, Very true. But, but, but the reason yeah, why I, I, I don't know. I think the sex stuff probably, I don't know. Yeah, like, it does always, seem to be what know, we always kind of. It doesn't have to be taboo. Mm, agreed. You know? Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things that, like, we have this sort of inherent sort of like, oh, no, we shouldn't talk about that or uh, that stuff is private. That's for, you know, just for you to know about. Like, I feel like sex is a lot of like is a lot like your salary. Like the more we talk about it, the more we realize that we have more to gain by being honest than we do by hiding it. Just to get into a little bit more of collective bargaining. Yeah, (laughs) that that is an interesting (laughs) analogy to make okay <laughs> sex is like your salary oh gosh <laughs> in that we don't talk about it in yeah. that we don't talk about it yeah in that it's become such a a taboo subject but the the more you talk about it the more like uh you know you have more to like uh gain a, a sense of respect for yourself and that you aren't any different than anybody else and maybe you know oh. other people do have things that maybe like you know this guy may be uh have you know, might be getting overpaid, and so you realize that you're worth more than you should be, or something. But I don't know why that was the the first comparison that came to mind. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, here in here in Seattle um, on Aurora Avenue, right by where I live, um, there's a number of sex workers who are um, on the side of the street every day. So it it always like brings up a conversation when mm. I'm with Liz in the car, with Sylvan in the car. It's like, oh. I hope they're doing okay. Yeah. You know, like, and it's not like a negative conversation. It's like more of a, a logistical conversation. It's exactly. Like, who do you think gets paid more? Yeah. How does that work? What's their I healthcare situation? Safe, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I, again, I hope they're being safe. Agreed. So shout out to the sex workers that court frequents and that uh, um, Roland got a chance to get. You know what? Indeed. They got to make a buck as well. It's a living. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the world's old, oldest prof- profession, right? That's I, what they I say. believe I've heard that mm. saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Anywho. Anywho. So, so the, um, reason why, the reason why I brought out that uh, sentence specifically was because immediately after Jake tells uh, Roland the whole story of his life and how he died and everything, uh, this part comes in. He had not, of course, told the gunslinger about his family and his own sense of bewildered dichotomy, but that had seeped through anyway. Enough had seeped through to make out its shape. So basically kind of showing the kind of the similarity between Roland and Jake's stories that he hadn't told him everything, but it had come through it anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I think we've also guess this because we're, we're seeing this mostly from Roland's point of view 
but uh, I think we've guessed that Jake is a very intuitive boy. Exactly. Like, and and we got that from how he looks at his parents and like what goes on with them. And so and this happens a lot with, you know, only children who are alone with their thoughts and stuff. It's like, well, what's going on here? Mm. I guess I have to figure this out for myself. Yep. You know? Mm. Yeah. And I feel like I mean, we got to talk to each other and be like, what's going on here? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go play. Yeah. <laughs> Let's distract each other. Exactly. But if you're alone with your thoughts, then you then they keep perseverating them over and over in your head, and it gets harder. You become um, a much more thoughtful person because you're so often alone with your thoughts, yeah. And I feel like because Jake had that kind of time to kind of sit and be introspective, he had so many more insights that he probably wasn't even aware that he knew. Like, talking about, like, his mother sleeping with people or... His father probably like doing coke and stuff and all of these other things mm. that he might have been like, a salesman and like exactly. his whole life was it was around his business and everything. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The what is it? The working at the network and all and um, <clears throat> the the way that uh, his parents kind of see see him as an extension of themselves and not necessarily as a person with wants and feelings and whatnot. Just sort of like oh well, look how smart my kid is and stuff like that. Oh, completely. And this is how I, I think of the kids every day at school. It's like, you are a young adult. Mm. All right. You are like, people have been treating you as less your whole life. And that would piss me off if I was a kid. Totally. You know? So I see that a lot. And, and as they're starting to come of age, as we were just talking about um, with, with Roland's, he starts to realize, wait a minute, I have power, I have agency, and I'd like to be listened to as as an adult. Mm. So my favorite thing to do as a teacher is treat all my students as young adults. Be like, what's your opinion on this? What do you want to do? I'm, I'm not going to make you do anything because I can't make anybody do anything. Let's work through this together, you know? And Roland doesn't understand that. He's oh, no. just... I'm going after the man in black. That is what I'm doing. And you just happen to be along for the ride Yeah. on this uh, push cart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't leave you at that, uh, the way station just because my honor code uh, forbids it, but I really don't care one way or another about you. Like I liked you for a while and I feel like we have a lot in common, but then as once, once I saw the man in black again, I'm like, Oh yeah, right. That's my quest. So to hell with this kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Refocused. He got, that's for sure. I, I said that like Yoda for some refocused he got. got. <laughs> mm. But yeah, talking about anyway. uh, how percept. Well, I mean, to, to do my due diligence, I had to, I have to point out a couple of grammatical chains here. Oh. Uh, so even in that first sentence sentence that I just said, uh, originally it was the gunslinger did not, of course, tell the boy all of this, but perhaps most of it came uh, had come through anyway. Whereas in the new version, it says didn't, and then uh, most of it came through as opposed to had come through so just dramatic grammatical you know potato potato changes but then in the next sentence we've right, got right. we've got somewhat of a major change where he says uh he had already realized that this was an extremely perceptive boy not so different from uh Cuthbert or even jamie but in the new version it says not so different from alain uh alain alain whatever 
who was strong in that half empathy. I think it's pronounced Alan. I think Alan? it's just Alan. Is it just a funny spelling of Alan? Yeah. All right. That's what I'm going to do from now on. I think I'm it's just, just a call funny Alan. spelling of Alan. All right. Yeah. Alan. Who was strong in that <laughs> half empathy, half telepathy they called the touch. So now we're going on that not only is Jake really introspective and really carefully perceptive, but maybe because of that, he developed this sort of telepathic uh, sort of sixth sense that this is how he knows like all of these things that he probably shouldn't have known about his parents. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. So maybe also this might be a reason why Jake uh, came back to life in this other plane of existence along with Roland, that maybe he had these sort of abilities uh, inherently like when he was alive, too. So it's sort of like The Shining? Like a little the, bit. You know, we're finding people who, who have that abilities. Oh, interesting. And the, there's a lot of people who say that all Stephen King books are all within one sort of multiverse. So maybe it, The Shining is the touch. Who knows? Interesting. Well, and that's also what I was thinking with The Man in Black. I, I could have sworn he was referred to as The Man in Black in uh, the, the Stand, Randall Flagg. So that's why I keep thinking of, as I'm reading this, I, I keep thinking that The Man in Black is Randall Flagg. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, did you understand it? What I told you? Understand it? Th- this is the the one I was. <laughs> this is the line I really wanted to talk about with you. Oh yeah, uh, this feels very <laughs> so wrong- like uh, stepson situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so Roland says, and that's not the words in the book, but he's, did you understand what I told you? Understand it? The boy asked with cautious scorn. Ooh. Understand it? Are you kidding? So my question is there, does that mean that, that like, he's like, of course I understood it? Or like, how could I understand that? I think he's saying, of course I understood (laughs) it. Like, 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 don't patronize me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 11, not six. I'm not five. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. I didn't even catch that one. But yeah, there's a a change as well. In the new version, it says with surprising scorn. So I feel like that makes it a little bit more kind of uh a little bit more obvious that he's like well to i guess to roland it would be surprising scorn like a surprising amount of scorn kind of <laughs> like that one i would agree with, with that yeah. change yeah uh, instead of cautious so yeah. i, I eh, that, that's a good change you yeah. know but the scorn is oh. is kept in there like dude of course i understand yeah. it come on yeah. what do you take me for an idiot seriously <laughs> And then, but then Roland uh, replies, uh, no, but the gunslinger felt defensive. He had never told anyone about his coming of age before because he felt ambivalent about it. Of course, the hawk had been a perfectly acceptable weapon, yet it was a trick, too, and a betrayal, the first of many. And tell me, am I really preparing, uh, am I really preparing to throw this boy at the man in black? Uh, so basically, Ooh. yeah. So Roland is not only like he, at this point, Roland has also caught the uh, the the parallel or, or the symbolism of uh, the whole story of Jake with the hawk, and he's like, "Oh crap, maybe I shouldn't have said that." <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, uh, important uh, italicization there. Mm-hmm. Um, am I ready to throw this boy at the man in black? He's saying that internally. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but but he's thinking, and, and this is what we said last 
time around, we, we were like David and uh, Jake are the same to him. Like you are a weapon. Exactly. And in fact, Jake's going to say something about that in a second. <clears throat> uh, so he goes, I, I understood it. The boy said, it was a game, wasn't it? Do grown men always have to play games? Does everything have to be an excuse for another kind of game? Do any men grow up or do they only come of age? You don't know everything, the gunslinger said, trying to hold his slow anger. No, but I know what I am to you. And what is that? The gunslinger asked tightly. A poker chip. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to say. It's like he, you're you're just a means to an end. Like mm. we've been saying it for a while. Just but like, raising the know, stakes. A, yeah. a poker chip. Uh huh. Yep. How can we keep going with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I I just love the, the maturity in Jake's voice. It's like oh, totally. J- it's Jake's Jake's coming of age in this tunnel. Yeah. As well. Right. Yeah. I feel like this like, whole. Oh. This whole thing has been kind of Jake's coming of age too, like of him not only uh, <clears throat> facing his fears and uh, like he went from outside the tunnel, kind of hero worshiping Roland and kind of imitating him a little bit to as they kind of go under this mountain and Jake sees the man in black and Jake probably sees the change that Roland has felt towards Jake. Jake is like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. Well, oh. I guess this is I have to go forward now because I have no other choice. So kind of Jake has been sort of had the or his or like disillusioned. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Disillusion. Yeah. yeah. Well what I was gonna say was um I think that Jake in this tunnel and and you just brought it out of me, is that like he's seeing the men or seeing Roland for the first time really mm. in the darkness. You know, and because he's realizing this guy's a little scared, too. You know, he's just a person like me. It's not as scary as, you know, being at the way station and this man comes up with guns and he's like totally cool and like, oh, damn, this guy could kill me every second. And then he was like, I I think it was the moment of the push card. He's like, "You, you push it. And he taught him something. Yeah. So when when Jake taught Roland something, he's like, "Wait a minute, I have power here too." So Very then true. that led leads him to be able to to speak more. And this is, you know, how I, I do my classes all the time. Is like the first thing I admit to my students is like, I don't know everything. I know a bunch of stuff about science, but nobody knows everything. And that's the whole point of science is that we're we're constantly searching for knowledge. Um, so you guys as high schoolers and or middle schoolers like you are leading me down a path just as much as i'm leading you down a path mm. you know and that's the the great thing about the scientific method is just they codified okay we don't know everything so step one is just the the hypothesis of like okay let me just throw something out there and see what happens and then we test it and if it doesn't work then we we have some data of why it didn't work and then we can use that to form a better hypothesis in the future and kind of keep working forward Absolutely, mm. and I, well, that, that's how life should be, yeah. right, guys? Like, <laughs> exactly. We learn from our mistakes and we move on, you know. Yeah. And we move forward <laughs> with more knowledge uh, since we've made those mistakes. So we're, you know, we're better mm-hmm. for our for our our failures. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm rooting for Jake, but Definitely. I'm still nervous about him at this point as True. I'm reading this. <laughs> yeah. So there. But I, I'm like I'm liking the questions he's asking. Exactly. You know? Yeah. He's he's uh, even perhaps without this whole. Uh, semi-empathy telepathy called the touch jake is very 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 perceptive and he can he could just sort of pick up on things that uh the gunslinger probably didn't pick up on himself yeah did they say that yet empathy telepathy because i i do remember reading that that was an addition actually that's not in the original version oh okay yeah huh indeed uh and to go back to those that's what that's what teaching is all about, is just empathy with, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess I am trying to read the kids' minds, like, are you understanding me? Exactly. Like, yeah, without just, even, like, like just g- give me a nonverbal cue, that, like, yep, we're good, yeah. you know? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Can I read your mind? <laughs> exactly. Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> <laughs> There were a few changes in that part. Uh, originally, let's see, what did it say? Uh, uh, it was a betrayal, first of many. It, we exchanged, a, uh, he turned a colon into a period in the new version, so that's sort of potato-potato. And then added in, and wait, tell me... That's... Wait, wait, I, I want to stop you right there. Because sure. that's a good on-writing thing to talk about hmm. in your little wordplay. What is the difference between a colon and a period? Well, a period is a full stop. So basically, it's the end of a thought. Whereas a colon is leading you to either what could be a list or what could be uh, a second uh, thought. Let me just pull up these. Usually, usually a list is, is what I use it for. It's definitely lists of something. It's like, blah, 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 colon, um, you know. Uh, George Lucas did many Star Wars films, colon, The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, blah, 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 Return of the Jedi. Mm. Like, I don't know. Maybe that was a bad example. No, um, that's, yeah, the, so I've got here, colon is used to give emphasis, present dialogue, introduce lists or texts, and clarify composition titles. So emphasis, you could say, uh, Roland had, uh, one uh Roland had one tool that uh personified that he you know Roland had one tool that he always carried and took care of colon his guns uh dialogue you know could be reporter what is the blah 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 uh person uh colon it is blah 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 so it could be used in that sense okay. and then introducing licks, lists texts or tabular material exactly what you said george lucas had that's uh, the yeah. only time i ever use it yeah, yeah. um and then also huh. like this is all very pedantic somebody made up these rules at some point well people made up every is- rule Right. Yeah. It, all language is made up. So, like, we're, we're just working on... What is it? We're standing on the shoulders of giants. Exactly. You know? So, <laughs> we just have to deal with what, what has happened from before. Mm. And uh, a we, lot we of We can the make time, up our own punctuation point... Or punctuation marks? Is that mm, what they're Punctuation called? marks, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of what's been happening with emojis and all of that stuff with texting that sort of the... Yeah. The written language is beca- is sort of like uh, moving and changing the this whole time. I, I would like uh, lightning lightning bolts 
I, I don't know what it's going to mean, but it, there'll just be a lightning bolt mm. uh, punctuation mark. Sort of like a, an it extra mean, exclamation. Yes, it, like super exclamation points. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Is it an exclamation mark or an exclamation point? I, uh, both. I feel, I've heard both. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, let's exactly. see. We're being quite pedantic, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, that's what this whole pod- <laughs> that's what this whole podcast is, is all about pointing at, pointing out the <laughs> tiny individual changes and then kind of like br- pulling them apart and kind of trying to figure out why. But yeah, so yeah. the I mean, we, we haven't even gotten into the difference between the colon and the semicolon, but uh, don't get me started. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the text. So, yeah, what, so, what you got, so the it, in the book, we, he's got this series of sentence fragments of uh, like and a betrayal, the first of many. Uh, so, but the, I guess in the original, and a betrayal was the only sort of like short sentence that sort of stands out on its own. That's kind of like sticking out like a sore thumb, as I guess you could say, in Roland's mind of uh, emphasizing this betrayal. So, and then in the new version, it also does the same thing with the first of many. So it kind of like highlights both of those as like what is sort of sticking out in Roland's mind at, the, at this point. But then uh, I guess I agree that putting a colon there doesn't oh. really make sense. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually finally see where you are. It took me a minute to find yeah. it in both books. End of betrayal. Who is he betraying? Uh, he betrayed da- uh, David, his friendship. And then, and then, oh, okay. yeah. So but he's also betraying Jake. Basically, yeah, and that's that's that what uh, caused his this second line of thoughts. That uh, in the original it says, "Am I readying to throw this boy at the man in black?" And then the new version says, "And tell me, am I really preparing to throw this boy at the man in black?" So not am only I really prepare, like, yeah. like, come on, yeah. this is crazy. It, am I, I really going to do this? Am I doing this again? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. No. And I've it done ad- this already. I've been down yeah. this road. And it adds in the end. Tell me, like, so he's like, he's actively like asking himself this question. So it's a little bit more of a sort of a personal internal dialogue, I guess you could say. Uh, hmm. So then, uh, in the next sentence, he says, "I understood it all right." In the new version, the original just says, "I understood it." So just adding a little bit more colloquialism to make it sound a little I bit more. I understood it all right. I understood it all right. Hey, yeah, I understood it all right. Hey, yeah. you want a paper, Mister? Yeah, and it's like <laughs> very exactly. newsies kind of yeah. vibe to it. <laughs> very like what a what a person from Maine thinks New Yorkers sound like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so funny. This, I'm walking uh, here. Yeah. Uh, anytime people are like, oh, you're from New Jersey. Hey, New Jersey. Hey, hey. I'm like, yeah, I, I just talk like I talk. Yeah. People from New Jersey aren't all the caricature that you think over here on the yeah. West Coast. We're, we're fine. Exactly. Yes. There are some people like that, and they're awesome. I, I love those people, but I just I just talk like I talk. Oh, yeah. Fine. We sound like this. I'm we, from yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. I, I speak like this. I, I mumble often. You know what I get the most, Kevin? Yeah. When people are like, hey, you know, what's your name? I'm like, hey, I'm Nick. Like, did you say Mick or Nick? And I was like, damn it, again. <laughs> all the time oh uh, everybody's I think i'm saying mick but it's nick like it, i don't know if i i do feel I, like i really that's... get to 
pronounce it. And and also, you can't read my lips because I have a big mustache. That so is true. I think that's the real issue. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that uh, is a little bit of the, at least our our southern bergen county version of the new jersey accent is that we we will we'll tend to kind of like swallow a lot of our consonants uh so like uh at one point i was t- uh, talking to dennis and he was like we don't have an accent i was like well the way you just said that accent like you, you don't have a t at the end of the word like a lot of the time we'll say light or like instead of light it's light so let, stuff like that will uh, so yeah we just- we, we drop our consonants. Yeah, oh, we drop a lot of our, yeah, our consonants so. like that. Yeah, that instead of that. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little... Oh, my gosh. It, it probably... Because our father is all about pronunciation. Very true. Well, he, he he's from Connecticut originally, too. Which is probably so. another reason why I feel like he's kind of trying to fight off the New Jersey accent. So maybe, I mean, and also maybe our accent is partially influenced by his Connecticut accent as well. So the, the one thing oh, that yeah. I always notice is that he says syrup and we always say syrup. So, yeah. There's always little things. Mm. I, I found that more people in the country call it pop than soda. True, yeah. Mm, or yeah. sometimes uh, we'll just refer whatever. to all soda as a Coke in, instead of, uh, you know, specifically oh, yeah. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Well, that's that's what Liz says down in New Orleans. Everything's a Coke. Yeah. I love Coke. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? What type of... What, yep. Do you, you want to... you die Coke? you want Coca-Cola? Would... Do you want a root beer? <laughs> Everything, every soda is a Coke. True. You've learned to ask this question and not just bring her a Coke. And she's like, I didn't tell you what kind yet. So I was like, well, it's the, it's a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, root beer. Dang it. I thought of a connection and then I forgot it. Dang it. It was an old question. Oh, yeah. Which, which tree is, is root beer from? Is it... Uh, sarsaparilla? Or... It's the sassafras. Sassafras. And that's why they call it sarsaparilla, because it's sassafras. Because then there's another uh, seasoning that's from that same tree, and that that was the the thing I couldn't remember. Mm. I remember the name of the tree, but I can remember the other thing besides root beer that comes from sassafras. These are things that don't matter. Why am I looking them up? <laughs> we are who we are. We gotta know. Um, While you're doing that, I'll point out a few more grammatical and uh, minor yeah, additions. Uh, so, after that, uh, let's see. Uh, the gunslinger said, trying to sl- hold his slow anger, you're just a boy. So, not only you don't know everything, but adding in, you don't know everything, you're just a boy. And so then instead of Jake saying no, Jake says, sure, I'm just a bo- sure, but I know what I am to you. So it kind of instead of just being you don't know everything. No, but I know what I am to you. It becomes you don't know everything. You're just a boy. Sure. But I know what I am to you. So it kind of changes the emphasis a little bit on the word, the next uh, sentence that he says to yeah, I'm just a boy to you. Mm. Oh. And then uh, let's see after that. Yeah, in, in later on, uh, the gunslinger felt an urge to rock uh, to find a rock and brain the boy. Instead, he held his tongue, and then the new version it says, <laughs> "Instead, he spoke calmly." <laughs> okay, so that that line made me like start, like 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 
like hold it like you ever read something you're like what did you just say that because okay full disclosure sometimes we think terrible things right exactly everyone does like oh yeah been driving a car and been like what if i just you know pulled this off the bridge or or just went into oncoming traffic and you think these things but they don't actually come exactly that's crazy yeah (laughs) i wouldn't do that so like that's what's happening and okay so there are times as you know a teacher we're like I need to breathe right now. Exactly. Everything's fine. <laughs> and I would I would never I I love all my students with all my heart. But like just, oh my patience is growing thin. And and like and this is what we're teaching the kids actually is like we do these check-ins in, in the morning and at the end of the day. And it's like what is your energy level right now? Mm. Are, are, you're a one it's it's a one through five scale, we call it. And for one, you're cool. Like you're calm, you're 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 regulated, you're ready to learn, you're excited. And then as you get, you know, up there, so there are moments in the day I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling my mm. one go to a bit of a three right now. Mm. <laughs> I need to, I need, I need to breathe through it. You mm. know, um, you're reaching the end of your <laughs> anyway, fuse. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what it, he wanted to. What did, what did it say? Brain him with yeah, a rock? Exactly. <laughs> Well, to be fair, he, it's terrible. The, earth, the gunslinger felt an urge to find a rock and brain the boy. It's not like he was acting on it. It's not like it was a premeditated thing. It was just all of a sudden, like we were saying, oh, no. those those quick moments where you just get this sensation, this like idea in your head that you know is wrong, but your emotions are just coming to the forefront, and you're like, no, just no, push it down. <laughs> <laughs> This child is still crying. Yeah. Why are you still crying? You know, yeah. like that must be so hard for a parent to deal with. I n- neither of us ever had a baby. Mm. You know, I, I I have a stepson now. He's awesome, but I only met him when he was ten years old. I was like, all right, cool. I can like talk to this kid. He's awesome, and yeah. he totally is. Um, but I didn't have to deal with him when like he was unreasonable and crying and stuff. Mm. Like Liz, Liz did all that work. Um, and and kudos to all the parents out there who are doing a good job. Exactly. You know? yeah. Stick with it. Speaking of... Don't brain uh, your child. Do not brain your child. <laughs> bring yeah. them in the right way. Yes. Well, uh, I encourage think brain double, growth. Double yes. entendre. I think that's the double entendre that's happening here. It, it, it's like... Um, he wasn't talking... Yes, taking a, literally taking a rock and, and destroying his cranium. That's one way to look at it. Mm-hmm. But the other way to look at it is brain him by, like, teach him. Like grow his brain you're, you're very kind <laughs> no? I, I don't know if that double meaning is there <laughs> you don't think that's there oh okay. no he I he just know. means Me. he wanted to take a take a rock and and just uh you, you get those things when someone's being like smarmy and someone's being like oh i know what this means and you're like just fight it fight it <laughs> <laughs> well but even those people like but the way we fight that is we don't brain them with a freaking rock through their, mm. their head. We brain them by, like, slowing down and, and speaking calmly and saying, that's one way to look at it. Mm. Here's another way to look at it. You know, like, if you say it in a calm tone, you're really braining them. You know, sure. I don't know. 
<laughs> I, I'm I going like your, too far into this, as usual. <laughs> I like your ideas, and I, I, I hope that you're right, but that personally, that never <laughs> crossed my mind now. <laughs> are, are you fighting the urge to take a rock and crush my brain Not right at now? all. Let's not move at back. all. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, anyway, back to the book. Anyway, so yes. So, I mean, he does change. Uh, instead, he bit his tongue to instead he spoke calmly because biting your tongue means not saying anything. So totally makes sense that spoke calmly uh, was changed. And then uh, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, yeah, a little bit of a grammatical change. Go to sleep. Boys need their sleep. Uh, was originally go to sleep. He said boys need their sleep. Uh, uh, so, you know, kind of taking out unnecessary words. And then, um, yeah. And in his mind, he heard, Mar- he heard Martin's echo. Go and find your hand. So basically kind of dismissing him from this yep. story. Yeah. So then, uh, um, let's see. So, so also... Remember, as as we go back to previous weeks, um, the gunslinger was referred to as the boy. Yeah. Until his com- coming of age, and he became the gunslinger. So I feel like th- there's a, a lot of, and, and it's been throughout, just referring to Jake as the boy. Yeah. Um, in fact, I haven't heard the, uh, Roland in his internal monologue refer to him as Jake in ever. Has Ooh. he always been the boy? I mean, he used to be. Uh, let me go back. Uh, definitely in the Oracle in the Mountains, I think he was calling him Jake. Uh, I think you were talking about this. So, like, once he saw uh, the Man in Black, he got, like, refocused. Yeah. And he went from calling him Jake to calling him just the boy. Yeah, because there are parts in, like, the prose where it says Jake hadn't been able to hide the wildness in his eyes and stuff. But that's not specifically that's, Roland's that's, thinking that's the about omniscience. him. Yeah, that's yeah, it's omniscient narrator narrator saying that, not Jake's internal monologue. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, Roland's Roland's inter- internal, internal monologue. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. The boy. The boy. The By boy, the way, the boy. I noticed. I, I noticed that a, fr- a friend of mine um, who had a, a child recently uh, na- named him Roland. And I wondered because this 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 guy's a English teacher. I was like, huh. I wonder if he named him after <laughs> Roland Justine. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, that was yeah. off topic. The one off that topic. Uh, definitely <laughs> hold on. The one that definitely uh, is very specifically looks like it's in Roland's point of view. Uh, let's see. He put his hand on Jake's head as he went by and tousled the corn-colored hair. So a very, like, sort of a gesture of affection kind of thing where he thinks of him as Jake there. So I feel like uh, it's always very, very specific. Yeah. That was when they they were at the camp right before he was leaving to go talk to the Oracle. Exactly. It's right before the the Oracle. Yeah. And then. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So. So then he comes back. I still have lots of questions about the Oracle in in general, but um, I feel like is that some sort of uh, manifestation of the Man in Black, like screwing with him? Like I don't know. No, she was different. Man in Black. Yeah, the the Oracle is. uh, I'll just tell you right here now that the Oracle is different from the Man in Black. Yeah, because the Man in Black is like physical person that was running ahead of him. So. Okay. I think the Oracle was specifically bound by that, uh, the circle or whatever. And like, the she, circle, yeah, yeah, like she called to Jake and she got him into there sort of in his dreams. But, um, yeah, she, she couldn't physically leave the circle. 
Yeah, so it's Oracle of Delphi. Exactly, kind of. Thing kind that of, that yeah. we were talking about. So, sorry, we're going back many episodes ago. <laughs> this is like months in our memory, though, right. folks. Sorry. The peek behind the curtain, Kevin mm. and I have been doing this for quite some time. Quite some time, yes. <laughs> True. We have, we have this, recorded this a bunch in advance. This is literally the slowest... Yeah. This is the slowest I've ever read a book in my oh, yeah. life. Like, <laughs> I would have been done with this five times over. Probably would have read the whole series by now. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. But mm. Anyway, but that's the whole point of the, the book club is to stop at a certain point and to let it percolate. And, you know, it's like it's like a ch- it's like chili. You got to you got to let it uh, cook down for a little while. You don't just, you know, put everything yeah. in a pot and eat it right away because then it's all watery and you haven't gotten the chance for everything to kind of congeal and you haven't gotten a chance to think yeah. about it. Yeah. But well, yeah, with, with uh, my wonderful wife, I think of it as a pot of gumbo. There you go. You know. It's 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 gumbo. It, gumbo tastes better the next day. Very very <laughs> it true. Right away. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's got to get to know each other in the pot. But um, so let's <laughs> see. So and then a couple of other changes at the end of this section. Uh, originally, it said uh, he sat stiffly in the darkness, stunned with horror and terrified for the first time in his existence of anything of the self self loathing that might come. But then in the new version, uh, it changes it to for the first time in its existence and took out the of anything because having a semicolon within a parenthetical seems overly complicated. Uh, and for the first time, <laughs> that's totally how I wrote. Dad, when I was writing, it would be like, Nick, you like I would go too far and then I, would, I just gave up. But he's like, you don't need to keep using like you. Stop putting parentheses within parentheses and then brackets within that, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it's... I think of it like mathematical, yeah. like I'm, I'm more of a math mind and like um, that's our mother. Um, but I was like, well, I have this thought, but inside this thought, I have this. And then inside that thought, I also have this. Mm. So like, that's how Stephen King thinks exactly like we've talked about that yeah <laughs> Stephen King is absolutely great at writing tra- uh, train of thought or chain of thought train of thought which is it I, now I can't remember mm, I think train it's of thought train I yeah. think it's a train stream of consciousness is the actual phrase that I wanted stream to say con- stream of that's consciousness that's the one that yeah. makes more sense yeah because yeah. and he's great at say, and like he uh, he'll do this thing where like in the middle of a sentence he'll have a, a parenthesis that will say just sort of like a flash of something else and it'll be like you know like uh, earlier when he was kind of yada 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 and then a parenthesis of uh, just a chissa chasset or something and go back to his original thought and just to show that like thoughts are kind of inter like interrupting his original screen chain of thoughts and stream of consciousness yeah exactly (laughs) so i feel like the way that you were writing was very much your stream of consciousness and dad was saying okay no we've got to we got to straighten this out and take out all of the extra stuff and just maybe break it up into a few separate sentences yeah it was a lot of run-on sentences that's what i always kept getting he's like nick this is a run-on sentence this Mm -hmm. is a run-on sentence like and i would and it's like oh well that's just how i speak Mm -hmm. i can't just write how i speak he's like well, no, because it's 
boring. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap, maybe I shouldn't speak like that. And then I stopped oh, no. speaking for a long time. Oh, oh that's so sad. <laughs> I wouldn't have said boring. I would have said, imagine someone is trying to read this sentence out loud. Periods are when you can take a breath. So try and say that entire sentence without taking a single breath. You'll run out of air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what that always said to me. He's like a comma is like a, a break. Yeah, a comma is like a half breath. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, it, and that's what also made it like musical and mathematical mm. to me. Writing like because there's like a formula to to writing where that like, and I, I guess the brackets really got it into my brain. I was like, oh yeah, it's like a distributive, you know, property of like how do I distribute this thought over many different spaces oh i'll just put it in a bracket or i'll just put a comma right here it's also like a a, a chemical formula too mm. exactly chemical equation like uh hang on uh that just uh when you said music that makes me the that's exactly right because a like a period would be like a full rest whereas a like a comma would be sort of like a half rest and then the little half guy, yeah. exactly, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> ooh, that that'll be a good trivia round. Mm. A visual uh, mus- musical notations. Mm, what definitely. does this musical notation mean? Oh, that'll yeah. be a fun one. Maybe like <laughs> quarter note rest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and sort of. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a full rest, quarter rest, you know, the, and then the big top hat on the thing is like a full rest, right? Right. Uh, like the square on top of the staff. Uh, I think square underneath the, uh, like basically like if the square is underneath then it's a full rest if the square is on top of the line then it's a half rest at least that's what I'm seeing here oh wow yeah okay yeah I could like sort of read music I mm. mostly just follow the rest of the choir and try to blend in I'm the same way <laughs> yeah I, I technically like I know the math of re- reading music but I couldn't like look at a you know a piece of like sheet music and be able to hear it in my head like I could be like okay so the notes are going up here and they're going down here and here's where you rest but I wouldn't be able to mentally hear it like I would have to hear it out loud in order to mentally I, I usually just need the first note from the piano oh yeah and then I can go from there. Hmm. So like, it's like, where are we starting? Okay, cool. I'll just I'll just go from there. Like, it's like, where's the first note? Oh, I go, and then then I can find it. Hmm. Um, but I I I wish I had like perfect pitch or whatever it's called. I mean, you also play the uh, trumpet oh. for a while too, so you have a little bit more uh, classical instru- uh, training there. Yeah, true. I wish I'd stuck with that. That was fun. Mm. Sometimes I have dreams of like uh, uh, doing that. Oh, nice! <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, maybe I should uh, get myself a brass instrument again. Yeah, I'd like to learn to play the French horn. That's the real sweet sound. That's, that's always the strangest one to me because you've got your hand on the inside of the the bell of the horn. So I'm always like, isn't that like blocking the sound? But no, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Oh, it's. Beautiful sounds. Mm, indeed, uh, that's. I feel like so much of uh, Star Wars is French horns too. Yes, uh, maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do the 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 two sunset uh, John Williams the cue. True. Is that a French horn or is that a is that a trumpet? No, a, a, a trombone maybe. <laughs> 
It's, I'm pretty sure it's French horn, but I could be wrong. I could. True. <laughs> Very well could be. Um, anyway, anyway, we got off on uh, music and stuff. True. Um, but then, yeah. So yeah. last last addition uh, there in that section is just uh, originally it said the self-loathing that might come. The new version, it says the self-loathing that might come afterward. So that one, I feel like, eh, in, I mean, might come, might come afterward. So potato, potato. Who cares? Um, yeah. yeah, that one I'm not. All right. So, so can I continue on? Indeed, Are we now into it. the next section? Section this 10. Is section 10? Section 10. This is a biggie. Of the slow mutants. Yeah. Uh, so this is from the original. During the next period of... Wo- Sorry. During the next period of waking, the railway angled closer to the underground river, and they came upon the slow mutants. Boom. Right away. Our uh, king shouting. Exactly. I-, I love it. Let's say... Here's what's going to happen here. Yeah. Uh, Jake, Jake saw the first one and screamed aloud. The gunslinger's head, which had been fixed straight forward as he pumped the handcar, jerked to the right. There was a rotten jack-o'-lantern greenness below and away from them, circular and pulsating faintly. For the first time, he became aware of odor. Faint, unpleasant, wet. The greenness was a face and the face was abnormal. Above the flattened nose was an insectile note of eyes looking at them expressionlessly. The gunslinger felt an antivistic crawl in his intestines and privates. He stepped up the rhythm of arms and handcar. Sorry. He stepped up the rhythm of arms and handcar handle slightly. The glowing face faded. I must pause there because that was a lot of words. Mm. <laughs> True. Definitely. Um, so yeah, were there any changes to to the uh, new one? We do have a few. Uh, there was one that I actually missed in when I was taking my notes originally. Uh, there was a rotten jack o' lantern greenness below them and away from them in the original. In the new version, it just says uh, greenness below them, pulsing faintly. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, pul- no, pulsating faintly. Yeah, that's the same in both. But uh, greenness below and away from them, circular and pulsating faintly. So, kind of so I just wanna, simplifies I just wanna, that a bit. Yeah, yeah. But, but I really want to focus on that sentence because oh, yeah. that's just so descriptive. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. Do you know the first jack-o'-lanterns were made of uh, uh, turnips? Really? Uh, huh. Not pumpkins, yeah. Um, so I guess they anyway, were much smaller. Uh, but, it, but, yeah, mm. yeah. I guess that's just what they had around at the time. And then, then they turned to pumpkins, and that, that's what we think of. True. Jack-o'-lantern, Jack the Pumpkin King. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, but Jack-o'-lantern greenness, so it's just this glowing green mm. is, is what you're thinking. You know, it's just very descriptive Yeah, and and, I, and, and in a cool way. Exactly. You know? I feel like because he's saying like a Jack-o'-lantern greenness, it almost seems like they're glowing from within, not from their skin itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it I, when I read that, I was like, "Man, that's a good way to describe that." Yeah. I like this guy. Mm. I want to hang out with Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we got another little change. Uh, let's see. Originally, it said the greenness was a face, and the face was abnormal. Uh, the new version says the greenness was a face. What might be called what might be called a face by one of a charitable bent. So, <laughs> it's just like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. I guess that was the end of the part that you read. Um, 
Oh, no, no, no. You, yeah, you read that part. Uh, so um, just this one word that is the same in both versions, but is, I feel like is very Stephen King. The gunslinger felt an atavistic crawl in his intestines and privates. So yes. just look this up. That was the next word. Mm. Go, oh, so, wait, go ahead. Yeah. Go. Atavistic relating to or characterized by a reversion to something ancient or ancestral. So the example they use is atavistic fears uh, of... Oh, fears and instincts. I thought it said atavistic fears of insects because I feel like either one works. Yeah. Uh, to me, what that meant was um, wow, it's such a descriptive word. And mm. I, I looked it up too, uh, like a reversion to like old feelings. It, it, it's like, oh, like I've been here before, kind of like and it gets you what do you say is in your intestines and your privates yeah. it's like that feeling you get you're like oh wait i know this feeling and i don't like it yeah it's you just know? sort of this tightening of your insides yeah like right, right. uh <sighs> not to go into but too much of a tangent uh but uh apparently there's research that like you know the concept of the uncanny valley where you see yep. you know like a computer generated face or something that doesn't look quite right and you just feel this sort of like aversion to it and so apparently there's uh I forget what kind of scientists were saying this, but theorizing that it's because of the way that, like, like cavemen, humans would basically, like, there were uh, Homo sapiens, but at the same time, there were Neanderthals. So, like, basically, this sort of uncanny valley is a relic of us seeing people who looked like people but didn't quite look right so we had this sort of like instinctive yeah. like oh we got to kill those guys because they're wrong <laughs> uh, this is amazing kev I, I as you were talking i'm like yeah yeah um i i believe it's our our limbic system is it, what we know is our caveman brain mm. that um and it's exactly what you're saying so the uncanny valley is like it's a, a term that we made up, us humans here in the 20th century, about like robots that look too close to humans, mm. sort of, it, or, or like, or but really, it's what you're talking about, and that's really the crux of it. Is is like us as humans, we're like, oh, you look kind of like me, but not really. Mm. Mm. So you're so tricking the, me. The somehow. Valley is, 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 is is it's a, a graph mm. of of like believability sort of and like the valley for, falls between this is something I don't believe and this is something I do understand and then the valley is like somewhere in between that it's and that's what these slow mutants sure are yeah. as I'm reading this I'm like wait what the hell's going on why are these people or things here you know and and, and Star Wars does that a lot sometimes exactly. with like. You know, you think about, oh, is this is a monster, and that's an alien. That one can speak and, like, do business, and this one wants to kill me. So, like, uh, mm. which one do I believe? This one has arms and legs, so it's sort of a human. That one um, has tentacles, so that's that's crazy. Yeah. That can't I could just possibly. kill those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll just kill tentacle things. Exactly. That's fine. That's not murder. That's just hunting. That's fine. <laughs> Well, that's why also in Star Wars, it's like, as long as something has a helmet on or is a droid, you could just kill whatever you want indiscriminately. Exactly. You know? But then it's like, oh, wait a minute. This one has eyes and can speak. Mm. Um, 
We, we need to take a minute before we kill this one? I don't know. That's, <laughs> it's it's also why nobody bleeds in Star Wars, so that's, uh, I mean, also to make it a little bit uh, easier on there the rating system. Blood. Ooh, when? Ponda, Ponda Baba. Oh, you're Ponda right, Baba. yeah. But also his, like, <laughs> his the... arm looked, like, hollow on the ground there, so it was a little bit weird yeah, as it well. it was total, totally an insert, like, yeah. oh, we need to add a shot here. Yeah. We need to emphasize this. Anyway, one, yeah. this is not our Star Wars podcast. We're yes. talking about the Gunslinger. Indeed. Uh, so, how do we get? Oh yeah, Uncanny Valley though. This is totally um, prescient to what we're talking about. Exactly. Because yeah. These slow, slow mutants are coming, and it's very eerie. Exactly. In the dark. Yeah. Just seeing a green glow that's circular and pulsating. Pulsating too, Kevin. Exactly. Like think about that. Yeah. Above the flattened and, nose and, was an insectile node of eyes peering at them expressionlessly. So, it's not only are they like green and they're glowing, but they also like their organs are all wrong and they just they like they inspire revulsion the second you see them. Yeah. That is I think that's a 17 letter word. Which one? I, I, I was expressionlessly expressionlessly it's one of the longer ones i've seen in a while i don't know you count them up uh or is 16 good word good word do you think he's uh stephen king has like a bingo game or something i don't think like, so. like it's like the massive board it's like these are the words that i need to use at some point hmm. I mean, if if or any, I would say maybe we should is make one. <laughs> True of Stephen King words. Uh, yeah. is it uh, uh, psych- cyclopic or cyclopean? Yeah, cyclopean. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, anybody in a blue chambray work shirt? Mm, definitely. That's a Stephen Kingism. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Yeah. Engineer Steph. boots. Leather jacket and tight blue jeans. Oh, no, that's a Billy Joel one. <laughs> True, <Okay>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. The glowing face faded. Uh, so, the, the glowing face faded. Okay, so that's scarier to me, mm. actually. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'd like to know where they're coming from. Mm. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Like Because Roland and Jake are in pitch black. They're pushing this handcart, and then all of a sudden this glow-in-the-dark face just sort of appears and then kind of just slinks back as they're moving forward. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You can make that so great in the TV show, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure they're already doing it, but like I'm imagining it in my head. Because whenever I read a book, I'm making the movie in my head. Mm. I guess that's what we all do, right? True. Imagination. <laughs> but I'm... But do you also like uh, think of like the production like process in your head? You're like, oh man, the CG on this is going to cost so much. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, Wh- which actors are the best ones to get? Oh man, Wh- who's the best uh, boy to get here? <laughs> See, I'm never <laughs> the really. Best boy? It's interesting. Like when I like when I write for the idea of producing it later, I'll go super minimalist and I'll be like, okay, so it's a guy in this room and he's talking to another guy. And then after a while, the lighting picks up. and You realize that he's just talking to another version of himself and I can just shoot the two sides separately with the same actor. And but then if I'm writing for the sake of just writing to be written or writing for, say, like a and d campaign or something, it's entirely uh theater of the mind so you could go all 
out and be like, okay, so here is a guy who is sort of looks like an eagle. Here's a guy who's a tiny little goblin person who's only about two feet tall and he's sitting on the table. And then here's another person who's like uh, like an orc who's about like eight feet tall and crazy muscular, kind of looks like the Incredible Hulk. And all three of them, they're like arguing something, uh, you know, about who has the best gumbo in town. And so... <laughs> It's Liz McFarlane, by the way. <laughs> That's he's got, hands down, including New Orleans. Mm. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, um, but basically, I'm just saying, like, you know, so going back the, to what you're saying, the medium is so says how much the of what medium you're is writing is writing. Yes, the better medium is writing because you could do whatever the hell you want. Exactly. There's and no when limitations. You have to put it to film. When you have to put it to film, you have parameters. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you have to put it to TV. There's even more parameters, right? Mm. I don't know. I guess not these days. True. Nowadays, the, everything, everything is whatever. Exactly. The difference between TV and movies has become much more of a gray area. Mm-hmm. But with streaming it movies used to directly, be a yeah. lot different. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, well, uh, stage. Well, stage, you got a lot of parameters there. That that's probably one of the the hardest. I would, I would say, say so, yeah. Because not only you know, the most parameters, yeah, everything has to be live as well. So any kind of a mask mm-hmm. that you use or any kind of uh, like effect always has to be uh, happen practical. In, yeah, everything has to be practical. Has to be practical, yeah. and it has to happen in between costume shifts. So the yeah. yeah, the only real breaks that you can have are like the intermission in the middle, where you can fully change out the set or something. Whereas for the most part, you're you might have like you know curtains that you might have the actor in front of while they're changing stuff in the background, or you might have one character like takes the the focus of the audience while other characters in the background are changing costumes or whatever. So you kind of have mm. to do things. It's all sleight of hand. Whereas with yeah. yeah, with TVs and TV and movies, you have post production, so you can go back and say, okay, well, now I can have that same actor playing, talking to himself at the same time. Uh, whereas you can in in on the stage, you would have to have two separate actors, yeah, or maybe just mm-hmm. pre and, and or the, the you multiple could, takes uh, thing. Multiple takes is big. Multiple takes is big. True. <laughs> Meanwhile, in my head, <laughs> I'm like, ooh, or difference. maybe you could have the the guy uh, record certain lines uh, ahead of time and then just play them over the sound uh, the sound stage so that you're hearing the same voice speaking back and forth to itself. Hmm. Because yeah, I always have. You can do that. You can do stage. that. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. As long as you. But on stage, it's all in pre-production, as opposed to in movies, it's all in post-production. Post production. Mm. Oh, okay. It's got to be pre production. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah, the, my mind uh, this, is always trying to solve problems. This makes problems, me want to yeah. go see a play. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, anyway, back to the gunslinger. So the Jake says. Uh, uh, can, can, yeah, go ahead. You want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll go. After. after um, so in the, the in the new version, uh, Jake says, "What the hell was that?" The boy asked, crawling to him. What? The words stopped dumb in his throat as they came upon and then passed a group of three faintly glowing forms standing between the rails and the invisible river, watching them motionless. 
They're slow mutants, the gunslinger said. I don't think they'll bother us. They're probably just as frightened of us as we are of... One of the three broke free and shambled towards them. The face was that of a starving idiot. The faint, naked body had been transformed into a knotted mess of tentacular limbs and suckers. The boy screamed again and crowded against the gunslinger's leg like a frightened dog. One of the thing's tentacle arms pawed at them, pawed at the flat platform of the rail car. It reeked of the wet and the dark. The gunslinger let loose and of the handle and drew. He put a bullet through the forehead of the starving idiot face. It fell away, its faint swamp fire glow fading, an eclipsed moon. The gun, the gun flash lay bright and branded on their dark retinas, fading only reluctantly. The smell of expended powder was hot and savage and alien in this buried place. So, oh, my lord. So I just, I love the, the, oh, yeah, the speed is quick, is uh, speeding up really fast. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I, I read this so fast and like I got to the end. I was like, damn, that's it. <laughs> Another action chapter. And I'm so, I want to keep going. Kevin, this is torture. It's torture. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's wonderful torture. Like it's the good kind of torture. Like what's the opposite of torture? Uh, Ooh. Anyway. Uh, uh, the joy of anticipation, <laughs> maybe? Yeah, something like that. Mm. Anticipation. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so smells. I, I meant to mention that in, in the previous uh, section that you read as well. Um, we're, we're not just seeing things. We're not just hearing things. We're, we're smelling things. You know, and these things reek. Oh yeah, they they don't smell good. Yeah, this smells like like mold and like something that's been left, like like a piece of fruit that's been uh, left in like a wet basement for years, and it's just growing all of this like disgustingness. And you just walk up to it, and you can just like recoil a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So as I'm reading this, these are the thoughts that are going to, through my head. Is like. Because the whole chapter was called The Slow Mutants. Mm. So, like, the whole time, I'm like, well, what the fuck are the Slow yeah. Mutants? Where are the Slow <laughs> Mutants coming in? <laughs> so, now that they're coming in, I have lots of questions. Is, um, uh, where did they come from? What was their life before this? Were they always this way in this cave? Or were they, like, damned to this place for some reason and what it made me start thinking of kevin and i don't know if this is <laughs> this is probably a weird analogy and i'm gonna be silly for saying it uh but it made me think of uh in the little mermaid ursula in her uh little dungeon had those those people Ooh, yeah. who were just like stuck to the ground and stuff just little, like plankton That's people yeah is. Yeah, yeah. That's what this is reminding me of. It's like, we're trying to get out. Please. Like, they're damned to this horrible, darkened area under the mountain. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. See... That's... That... that were my thought. <laughs> the, we did previously see uh, when Roland was leaving um, uh, Gilead for the first time. You're right. For the last time, yeah. The, so I, wanted, I, I wanted to bring that up before. Also, this isn't the first time we've heard Slow Mutants. He, he was talking about the people in the city. Yeah. Or outside of the castle as slow mutants, right? Exactly. Or yeah. Something? They had like yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, the last time he looked into like that uh, the big kitchen and all that there were a bunch of slow mutants that had kind of like sort of uh, found their way in and were sort of like living there. 
So it seems, I don't know if they were specifically damned to this mountain. I think they specifically seek out places that are dark and places that people aren't around anymore that they can kind of like okay. call as their home. Yeah. So almost like. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting too much thought into it. These are just I like mean, little damned in lurkers, their own ways. Little yeah. golems. Yeah. Smeagles. Yeah. <laughs> who is also damned in his own way. So I feel like it's it's more of a metaphorically damned than a literally damned. Yeah. Yeah, I believe he was a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan, so maybe yeah. this is his homage to, to Gollum. Maybe. The face was that of a starving idiot. Mm. <laughs> the faint naked body had been transformed into a knotted mess of tentacular limbs and suckers. Like, this, this is a great way of describing... Yeah. <laughs> if if I said that out of context, you'd be like, "Oh, are you talking about uh, Gollum? Uh, that he was his his face was starved, and he's uh, transformed from his uh, things that have happened to him." Exactly. All <laughs> pale and sickly, and with a terrible smell about him. Who's kind of moving in these like you know either like really quiet, really uh, still, and then all of a sudden just a flurry of movement, just like jumping at you, and you're you know kind of like. Ah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But also tentacles. So I guess does that take it a little bit out of Uncanny Valley? That's like, oh, it's okay to kill a fish, but he can't kill a human. Like, I feel like that almost makes okay it. to kill an octopus, but not a human. I think, I think we're still <laughs> in the Uncanny Valley because, like, for the most part, they're people, but there's just like one or two things wrong with them. Like, there was the one insect oh, eye they have guy. Suckers. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the one yeah, person they have with suckers, like. Suckers, yeah. eyes, come on. Yeah. We could kill them. Exactly. It's fine. But I feel like that's. <laughs> it's, it's a clone trooper. It's just a clone. It's just it's a okay. clone. It's, it's not it's a real droid. person. Yeah. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like. Uh, what's the difference? Well, but that's know. the thing. Things inside the Uncanny Valley are the things that you want to kill instinctively. Like if it was like 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 Jamie or Cuthbert or whoever, like they look like people, so you feel some sort of sense of empathy to them. Or like you know the right. uh, the the hand car with the robot voice. It's just it's just a hand car that has a voice, so it's not harm. It's it's harmless. So I could just flip the voice part <laughs> off. <I> kill <laughs> <laughs> you ever like want to do that to your car, or, like navigation systems? Like stop it, shut your face. I don't want you talking to me. <laughs> oh no, I'm the opposite. I want all you're, the. You're making I it need help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like the voices. Oh yeah. Oh no, no. I, I was like, I'll just look at the map. I don't need you speaking to me, robot. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the Mandalorian in that one. I was like, I don't trust droids until you do, and you know, true. That, well, season three of that one. Oh it's yeah, it's pretty good. I know, I love it. <laughs> but that's that's how I am with like uh, you know voice assistants uh, around, where like you know, hey Alexa or hey Google or whoever, like those kind of things. I feel like I don't want around, but. Uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to like uh, like a GPS that's just saying out loud directions to go, I know that it's just uh, a prearranged like sp- like it's just reading out loud directions that were written down somewhere else. So I know there's no actual AI involved. So I feel like that's there's the no line for me. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> like I feel like if yeah. I'm asking we'll, we'll a questions vocally and then it responds back to me, that's when I feel like the uncanny valley hits me, where I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want a you know a voice remote to, uh, that I can speak to, and then the TV will go to that channel. No, I can just go to there with the buttons. You know, uh, so yeah. <laughs> 
I think the, the the time it really hit me was when I saw Rocky Four the first time. Mm, of course, Happy Birthday Polly! Happy Birthday Polly! Happy Birthday Polly! Yeah. And then, <laughs> oh my god! Then after like, like a scene, oh god, it comes. Is back. this the future? Because yeah. if it is, I'm terrified. Yeah, and then it has a lady's voice yeah. running through my house. It's horrible. Mm. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, did they change it to a lady? Happy birthday, Polly. Like, no, oh, like midway right. through the movie, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she all of a sudden has a... Yeah. <laughs> so red. And then in the Rocky Five, they're just like, yeah, we lost all our money, so we don't have a robot anymore. Don't worry, there's no robot. <laughs> <laughs> no robot this time. Phew. <laughs> well, on the Uncanny Valley uh, scale, I would have shot the hell out of that robot and not felt any shame. Interesting. Said, nope. See, I feel like robots are is not real. Yeah, robots are on the <laughs> other side of the cliff for me. They're, I feel like C three PO. Yeah, C three PO. But if I shoot C three PO in the head, I'm like, oh, I kind of just killed a guy. Exactly. Oh, darn it. Because C three PO feels Anthony pain. Daniels he is feels in fear. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. also true. Yeah, yeah, there probably wasn't an actual person yeah. in the Rocky Four robot. Hmm. True. C three PO moves like a person. Also, yeah. would would you kill a Dalek, Kevin? I mean, Daleks are different because they're also, like, an alien that's inside of a suit. So they're not really robots. They're more, like, sort of like a tank. Controlling a... Yeah. It's like, this is my ship. Yeah. And I'm just a little guy yeah, in the ship. Exactly. Like, okay. the the creature inside of the Dalek is about the, the size and shape of, like, a squid, kind of. So imagine just uh, a squid in no, a, but a six-foot tall We can tank. kill things with tentacles, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Remember, that, that's where the scale ends. If, if they have tentacles, you can kill them. Oh, Have you ever met an octopus? Uh, I mean, I've seen them, like, yeah. Held, oh, they're, they're wonderful, first of all. So I actually don't want to kill any octopods. Um, Their brains are even more advanced than ours in in many ways. Um, And they can do something we're about to get to in a second, which is uh, phosphorescence. Indeed. Right? We're about to get to that word. Because I I looked it all up and I I still am, even a biology guy, I'm, I'm still a little confused about what it all means. Well, isn't um, it uh, like a anyway. chemical process with like there are certain elements that are phosphorescent? So it's not even like a biological thing that they're spe- they're like trying to do. It's just their their skin cells have that uh, those elements in them, right? There are three things that I'm going to talk. Well, go for it. Shall I read it first? Yeah, actually? sure. Because um, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the whole thing. I was like, oh, yay! I get to do some research because I've been wondering. The difference here. Um, Before we get there, I just want to point out a couple of changes. Uh, the part where, so originally it was... What yeah, was, we're not up yeah, to that part yet. Yeah, what was it uh, the boy asked crawling? Uh, and then it was changed to, what the hell was that? The boy said crawling to him. So okay. definitely makes it much more... I like that. Yeah, just heightening the tension of the whole thing and changing it to, what was it? To, what the hell was that? So, I, like, you even say it at a higher pitch. Um... And then, yeah, that adds in a then uh, at one point, but that doesn't really matter. And then, uh, oh, in the original, he says, uh, uh, 
what is it, crowded against the gunslinger's leg like an affrighted, like an affrighted dog. And that feels very, like, old-timey as opposed to, like, a frightened dog. And I feel, I, frightened dog. Yeah, I like that much more. That it's, it seems much less pretentious to just say, like, a frightened dog as opposed to, like, an affrighted dog. Like, I, for some reason, I've got, like, a Lord Byron accent on there. A frightened dog. <laughs> <laughs> An affrighted dog. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a little bit old-timey, mm. which is why I liked it. Uh, but, yeah, either way, mm. it's all good. True. Uh, Jake is scared. Exactly. <laughs> of course, we're all scared at this point. True. It, but you know who's not scared? Roland. I don't, I don't think Roland is scared at all. I think he is thinking, what is the next move I need to make? And that's actually something that uh, was just in the last section where it said stunned with horror and terrified for the first time in his existence. So he has never been Ooh. terrified. And but the only thing that scares <laughs> yeah. him is the self-loathing that might come afterward after having sacrificed Jake, basically. So he's yeah, not even Jake, afraid Jake. of killing Jake. He is afraid of how he's going to feel about himself after he kills Jake. So he's a very selfish guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He, well, as we said Roland has autism. He's on he's on the spectrum. He he kind of uh, thinks of things a little bit differently. A little differently, you know? yeah. And which makes sense. I mean, what well, what one, one might think of as being selfish might just be, you know, you're seeing the world through a different lens. So it's you know, there's different rules. So I could see that. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. So just to point out a couple of other changes, uh, originally it was one of the tentacles uh, pawed across, and then one of the change to one of the things tentacle arms pawed across the flat path platform. So kind of honing in that they're a little bit more human than the original version makes them seem. And then uh, Mm. it reeked of the wet and the dark. These things are dank and stinky and musty and like, like it smells like a basement right now. They're they're in, in the groundwater. It's like sulfurous I would say is the word I would use exactly yeah the the old version said it reeked of the wet and the dark and of strangeness and the new version just said it reeked of the wet and the dark and I I almost wish the strangeness was still in there because it reeked of the wet and the dark and of strangeness and that just sounds like it's it smells like something you don't know what it is but it makes your it makes like your stomach curl that like you hate it instantly yeah ugh the gunslinger let loose of the handle and drew. He put a bullet through the forehead of the starving idiot face. It fell away, its faint swamp fire glow fading, an eclipsed moon. The gun flash lay bright and branded on their dark retinas, fading only reluctantly. The smell of expended powder was hot and savage, an alien in this buried place. So, wow, so much description going on there in, like, the first... Uh, slow me. We don't have to describe the whole <laughs> thing that happens here, but like just the first one, the first shot in the dark, like a there's light. Yeah. And like, oh, now I see everybody, and that's the scary part. Well, not even that. When, it's when, <laughs> when there's that much light in the darkness, it becomes blinding because the mm-hmm. slow mutants themselves were providing a little bit of illumination, and Roland and Jake had been in here for days, so they're in pure dark, pitch darkness. So then, when there's all of a sudden this explosion of light, the afterimage burns into their eyes, and uh, it says fading only reluctantly, so that they're, for a second yeah. they're blind as they're looking around and they're surrounded by these mutants. Yeah, uh, I, I love the the. The phrase branded on their retinas, like, mm. 
<laughs> I'm going to start using that. In like, you know, it was burned into my elbows. It was branded into my retinas. Mm. You, you know, the retinas, the back of the um, uh, the eyeball where, where the you know photoreceptors are located. So when it's like branded on there, it's like it means because the reason why we're getting fl- it, it's so bright is because our pupils when, when we're in the dark are dilated mm. to allow as much light in as possible um <laughs> so if it all all of a sudden happens at once then it will actually do damage to uh your retina which is a very thin layer of cells mm. the back of the eyeball anyway Yes, Nick, we understand this. Moving on. No, no. Always always happy to have the science. Yeah. Well, and that's what... Remember I was talking about the tapetum lucidum? Yeah, exactly, with the cats and dogs. Yeah. Um, That's that's located right behind the retina on the cats and dogs. Mm. Like, when you you dissect the eyeball, you first peel off this thin layer, and you're like, that's the retina right there. And it's like translucent, pretty much. And then behind it is this iridescent thing that is the... Tapetum lucidum allows you to see in the dark. So crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So biology is fun. Biology is fun. <laughs> so they go a little bit further. Uh, let's see. You may have to pump for me. Uh, then be ready. So Jake is Jake starts pumping, and then um, let's see. His eyes took in the slow mutants only as they passed, not traversing, not seeing more than they had to. The boy assumed a psychic bulge of terror, as if his very id had somehow sprung out through his pores to form a shield. Uh, if he had the touch, <laughs> oh. the gunslinger reasoned that was not impossible. Oh. That is an addition. That's an addition there, yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, originally it said, um, the boy assumed a psychic bulge of terror as if his very id had somehow sprung out through his pores to form a telepathic shield. So he basically, like, in the original, it's saying it as though he had done this, this psychic telepathic stuff. So it's almost like unspoken kind of implied that Jake has this sort of sixth sense. And then in the new version, the new version, Stephen King is like, no, this could be real. This is a real thing. So maybe Jake has that. That's cool. That that that. is a cool addition. Mm. I I dig it. I, I didn't actually, I was reading so fast that I missed that little spot. Even, I also thought it was a, um, <laughs> typo when I saw id oh. I, I, well then I remembered that that's not you know uh, what's his face it's true Freud. Freud. exactly id, id ego id, super id, ego ego super ego that whole thing exactly uh, so the id is the one that's like the uncontrolled kind of like whatever uh, what's the best word for that um, let me explain it in yeah. moments hold on zeitgeist uh, I don't know. <laughs> let me explain it in models. So, <laughs> is that what you said? Yes, let me explain it in Muppets. So the id is Animal, oh, who's just Muppets. running around, uh, and he has okay. n- he has no filter. He's just, wow, man. He, uh, food, uh, what is it? Food, sex, and uh, anger are the three domains of the id. Is basically, you know, you want things that either, <gasps> yeah, that things that either feel good, things that, or things that you want to fight things that feel bad. So it's like the caveman so part of your brain. So that's the limbic system, yeah, exactly. like we were talking about before. Yeah. Okay. So the... Hang on, let me, I always confuse them. Uh, but let's see. Super... Yeah, this, these are the two that I always forget. 
the difference between uh, ego. Yeah. So and the super ego. ego. So the super ego is basically uh, it says the part of a person's mind that acts as a self-critical conscience, uh, reflecting social standards learned from parents and teachers. So basically, if the id is fuzzy, I mean, no, the id is animal. The super ego, I feel like, is. Um, is Sam the Eagle, who's yeah. saying, you're a weirdo, you shouldn't do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yes. So then in the middle, you have the ego that is... They're all weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> so the middle, you have the ego that is bringing those two things together and to form a cohesive whole of a personality, and that's Kermit the Frog, who is, sometimes he waves his, ar- waves his arms frantically when the moment calls for it, but other times he is, uh, you know, bringing other people back down to earth, and he is, you know, calming people down. So the, the ego is that which, uh, you know, unifies the whole. So, yeah. So, well, this is what I don't really understand, then, is Sigma Freud in general. Like, do, why do we trust this guy? Like, why, why is it so important what this one person said? Because just because I mean, he, I, he I do famous. like this, but but do you, oh, he became famous. Oh, that's why <laughs> he got paid a lot of money, and, and he's white, and he's a dude. Mm. Uh, but anyway, but uh, I mean, also <laughs> uh, but, uh, psychiatry so as a practice question, definitely helped but, a lot of people. But, uh, absolutely, but my question is: do you, It's not that you fall in one of those three things. No, no, or, no. It's or, not that saying that you go through this process in your own in your own psyche. head. Like I don't understand. Like basically, okay. it is just a theory that it's okay. So if you bro, if you were to break down the three types of urges that go through a person's mind at any point, there are the mm. you know the caveman urges, there are the society urges, and then there is choices that you as a person make in between those three things. So it's really just sort of like a it's a, a thought experiment. It's not like this there are literally these three separate people in your brain. It's it's him just sort of uh using it as a a metaphor. No, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Um it's it's very interesting to think about. Oh, certainly. Um So so, <laughs> so we've got Animal, Sam the Eagle and Kermit at odds with each other. I don't even know time. if they're at odds. I almost feel like maybe Animal and Sam like the Eagle are at odds. Yeah. Animal and <laughs> Sam the Eagle are at odds, and Kermit the Frog is the one who is trying to put both of them on stage at the same time to to put on a show. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Sco- it's Scooter would be the better... Uh, maybe. I don't know. But, I, I, but I, I like Kermit more in this analogy just because Kermit is the one who's trying to bring everybody together to to build something. Whereas uh, Scooter is still just, uh, he's the one who's working for Kermit. So it's not like Scooter is the one making the choices. Scooter's just the one who is kind of like, Scooter is almost like your memory. Like the, the like. Right. Now, now describe it, describe it with Star Wars. If I yeah. was to describe it with Star Wars, I would say that the it is probably mm, uh, it might be Han Solo that he's kind of just running from place to place he's getting paid he is just doesn't care like okay Spice I'll, I'm, I'm delivering drugs to a crime lord who cares I'm just getting paid whereas the ego the super ego is Princess Leia and she is the one who's saying no but we need to fight for the the greater good and we need to do all of these things whereas the soup whereas the ego would be Luke Skywalker who is kind of the bringing the two of them together who is saying that okay maybe we need to do what we have to we need to 
like, uh, the Jedi also killed people, so we need to do some things that are violent, but we also need to do things that are to help the greater good. So Luke would be kind of in between the two. <laughs> Interesting. I would not have described it that way. Oh, no? Where would you have gone? Based, based, on, your, based on your previous description, I wouldn't have said it that way. I don't know. I mean, the Muppets one definitely okay, came to it, mind it, first. It, but. Yeah, no, no, Muppets make sense. It is like, you know, and I hear where you're coming from with, with Han, but like, I'm thinking not just our main three characters. I'm thinking of extended universe and certainly people like the, the id. Okay. And now I, I don't know All if right. you'll get this reference. Give me a deep cut. Let's go. But it. <laughs> this is uh, the pirate Hondo yes. who appears in Clone Wars. That's that's it to me. He doesn't give a crap about anybody. Mm. He's just doing whatever comes to mind, you know. True. And, well, and the super ego. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say the because I feel like the Han Solo I was talking about is like before New Hope, like before he meets Luke, like when he just does whatever the whatever and he doesn't even care about it. So this is just uh, New Hope, really, for this comparison of those three. But yeah, go ahead. Got so you. we got sorry, we got Hondo. I, I, went, I went to deeper cuts. Uh, <laughs> so Super Ego, you were saying is like Sam the Eagle, like with establishment yeah and, uh, societal what, rules what's the actual things? definition uh super ego societal, okay. uh, acts as a self-critical conscience reflecting social standards learned from parents and teachers so super ego is uh and it's unfortunate but it's uh it's mace windu i could see that in, in my opinion yeah he's too dangerous to <laughs> he, be left alive yeah, he's, I'm stuck in my ways, and like this is just how we do things. Even though, like, I'm the most badass motherfucker that's yeah. there. But yeah, <laughs> he, like, he's very calm. He's very because centered. he's like, mm. no, this these are the rules of the gen. And it's like, nope. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm going to like prequels and like no, no Wars and yeah. stuff like that, <laughs> but just doing like weird Star Wars deep cuts on exactly. this one. But yeah. uh, you might have a I seat think, on the uh, council, or, but we do or, not grant you the uh, or, the title of master. Exactly, yeah. Or maybe Grand Moff Tarkin, like, he's uh, another superego kind of... True, very nah. much. But true, and if we're going back to Star Wars, uh, let's let's say that whole, uh, that meeting where Vader gets mad at this guy and just starts choking him out in the middle of a board meeting, and then Tarkin is like, alright, alright, <laughs> enough of this, release him, yeah. <laughs> enough of this. I'm in charge here. Mm. Gosh. Put a leash on your dog. Seriously. <laughs> True. I don't know who um, would so be the... the ego. So the ego is the thing I don't really un- fully understand. Can you read that definition for me? The ego is um. Let's see the the portion of the human personality that is experienced as the self and I and is con- in contact with the external world through perception. So basically the uh the the id and the super Both sides of the coin yeah the id and the super ego are the the like if you were to you know put a moral christian definition on it the id would be the bad angel on your shoulder the super ego would be the good angel and the ego would be you who is making the choice of what to oh, do yeah that's another so i i was actually going to stick with your original choice and uh we we got to do luke luke skywalker luke is absolutely the 
He's yeah. he's the uh, you know the audience I uh, <laughs> identified like the avatar. Yeah, I mean yeah. I, I don't want to say we, he's the main character, rich. but he's kind of the main <laughs> character. Certainly, if the original yeah, trilogy. This one also, I, I have another possible one for you. All is right. Ahsoka Tano. True. Yeah, I could see that because she definitely she takes in everything that the Jedi tell her, and then she makes her own choices at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's even better than Luke because she saw it before him. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm going. I'm going Ahsoka on this one. If we're if we're yeah, going prequel prequel era, died. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ahsoka's a great character. Mm. Such a great character, and I can't wait to see because they have a show coming out with her, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Ros- Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Yeah. So yeah. um, let's see. That'll be cool. What was I gonna say? Yeah, I, more Star Wars stuff. Never mind. <laughs> I think now is a good place to cut it off because uh, basically that yeah. one just faded back, and so we're gonna cut off section yeah, ten in the middle here, and then we'll uh, continue with section ten next week. I, I think that's the right call. Yeah. Sorry, we went on a bunch of tangents, but it was we very did. interesting. But, I, I mean, think, I hope. True. <laughs> I say, I think we can, hmm, section 12 isn't that long. I think we can re- continue section 12 and do 10, 11, 12 next week. And just if we kind of yeah. bang through it. We kind of, so this is quite the cliffhanger, Kevin. Exactly. We really uh, <laughs> left our listeners at a tough point because uh, last thing we knew, um, so, uh, Roland just shot one of the slow mutants in the head. Exactly. And then and there's... Uh, there was a flash. Yeah. <laughs> the, a silent, hideous party of rubberneckers. I just love that image of just oh, all yeah, of them I like kind that. of yes. watching. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up, because I was hoping you would. <laughs> so, yeah. the So, yeah, silent. we're... Yeah, we're closing off on uh, uh, if he had the touch, the gunslinger realized this was not impossible. So now we're going to move on to the uh, we're going to read to the end of section 12. We might have to cut ourselves off again if we go on uh, a lot more Star Wars and Muppet tangents. But I mean, this we are who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars and Muppets. That's what we do here. Indeed. Oh, man. It's always a wonderful day and you know this is one of my birthday presents today was just to talk to kevin mm. <laughs> it's like she was like what do you want to do i was like well first i want to talk to kevin for a nice. little while and, uh, <laughs> and then we'll go get some food so <laughs> love it i love it i was uh, uh, always great to talk indeed. to you <laughs> uh, a gift for both of us and i love you so much um so i'm also going to work on just to go back to our outro plugs, um, acropods.com with two D's. Ac- yes, with two D's. A C K E R P O D D S dot com. Acropods.com is going to be sort of our umbrella website for the many um, things that may come about from our wide and diverse family exactly we love coming up with new ideas and we we love bringing in uh our other family members so far it's just been nick and i talking back and forth and why not just invite more people to the party heck yeah and that's uh really always our our goal is to invite more people to the party so we can't wait to have uh more discussions on other things but uh you can find this podcast at chapterbrothers.com and uh, also on um, YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, all the Indeed, Chapter Brothers Facebook will... group and YouTube. I'm going to have to make a new YouTube channel. I mean, maybe I'll just rename my existing channel. I mean, people can see my old uh, travel videos. Who cares? Uh, 
I'm sure they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, but until next time, uh, so next time we're going to read to the end of uh, section twelve. Section twelve. So that one, the last sentence is yep. the end was very close now. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> a cliff, another cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, another we're cliffhanger on top of a cliffhanger. That's what we're doing. Indeed. Okay. I feel like Sylvester Stallone right now. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> love it. Back to another Rocky reference. Indeed, from before. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. All right. Uh, well, until then, Kevin. Long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> Love you so much, man. See you later. See ya.